And there came a day, a day unlike any other, when Earth's mightiest podcasters found themselves united to have the conversations you always wanted to have about the films you love. With great power comes great responsibility. I just finally know what I have to do. Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Avengers! Welcome to the Cult Classic Comics Show. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Cult Classic Comic Show. I'm one of your hosts, Carmelo Chimera. I am Omi Gonzalez. I am Jason Chawala. And I'm Emily Hunter. And this is going to be a slow episode because Omi and Jason and I are still hungover from four days ago. <laughs> the four-day hangover. <laughs> we'll not talk about it. That's right. The Netflix has now turned hangover into a series, and we are the stars. <laughs> Next time we go out, we need to sign NDAs. <laughs> I, I'll draft them up. Don't worry. <laughs> or we could just use the Italian NDA, you know, run your mouth and, you know, end up with a new pair of cement shoes. Carm, can you make mine extra crispy, my NDA? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. And for the record, we didn't exclude Emily. She just lives in Oklahoma. So, uh, she could Don't not remind us. me. No, yeah. just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure we text her after 2 a.m. I'm sure someone, one of us texted her. I, like, Yo, come on. I can't believe I didn't. I, to be honest with you, I should have. I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't because I would have sent something very inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I sent a mass text. Of of my genitals to everybody on my contact list. I'm surprised you didn't get it. So. I saved it. I saved it. <laughs> my phone wasn't big enough. <laughs> you probably couldn't tell because my lens isn't wide enough to capture it. So it probably just looked like a close up of sand or something. He's like, here's a picture. Here's a picture of a turtle's neck. <laughs> a snapping turtle. <laughs> Like for real though, can I ask? Like, who really thinks an unsolicited dick pic is like a like a good move? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I guess if you're like with somebody, that's one thing. But unsolicited, when is that ever like a good idea? Who thinks? I can't breathe. You gotta you gotta you gotta ease your way into that. Yeah. You gotta ease your I, way into a lot of things yeah. when it comes to those. Yeah. Right? I don't even think a solicited one is really a good move at all. Like, yeah, have you seen down there? Like that shit isn't attractive. There's a reason why the masters always painted female, like the female figure. Yeah, you know and men I mean? always yeah, end up with I their agree. I had a conversation about this with somebody one time, and we were just talking about how, like, men, men's hardware is basically, like, shit you find in a garage, <laughs> whereas, like, women's hardware is stuff you find in a museum. Yeah, yeah that's very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, so mom, like, my, mom was a le- my mom was a lesbian, and she used to tell this joke all the time. She's like, you know, when I have my sex toys and shit like that, like, she was like, you know what, it just... It, it's the same shape as a man, but I don't have to deal with the personalities. And I think it's the it, it has a better personality, I bet. I bet, right? It yeah. doesn't talk back. It doesn't, doesn't do talk anything. back. Yeah. Doesn't do shit. Doesn't give you opinions. You know, it's good. <laughs> I know, right? I, I'm gonna after this call. I'm gonna go into my garage, take a picture of a hammer, and, and text it to Emily. <laughs> 
some nuts and bolts then. <laughs> Perfect. This got uncensored, uncensored. Holy shit. Hey, this I mark every podcast explicit. We just haven't been using that to its fullest. <laughs> I know. We're like 10 minutes in. We haven't said the word Batman at all. I know. Yeah, I know. Those listening out there, if you want to send unsolicited dick pics, um, <laughs> Polaroids though, Polaroids only. Yeah, Polaroids to Cult Classic, PO Box One, <laughs> Lamont, Illinois six zero four three nine. Just make sure there's like a warning label on the letter before I open it. <laughs> Sending dick pics like it's like nineteen seventy two. Anyone who sends Jason an unsolicited dick pic, I will I will buy a set of these movies for. <laughs> oh jeez! But a Polaroid. It's a. I want a physical Polaroid in his PO box. It's not my PO box. It's, the, it's called Classics PO it's box. It's true. I'm, it's I'm true. Just one, I'm just the one that picks it up. That's right. Yes. Again, friendly reminder: the three of you out there who want to assassinate me, I don't open the mail. So please leave poor Jason alone. Okay, let's get let, let's get to it. Yeah, what are we talking Batman, about? Batman Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. I think we've all been waiting for this episode. This was sort of my like I wanted to rewatch this and I thought the podcast was a good excuse to rewatch this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it day before yesterday. So it's pretty fresh in my mind. Yeah. For me, yeah. you're gonna do the synopsis? No, 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 no. <laughs> The synopsis on this one's crazy. I mean, fucking... Uh, a lot, lot's happening. First of all, if you haven't seen this movie, stop listening to this podcast this instant and go watch The Dark Knight and then put this podcast back on right away and then tell all your friends to download this podcast because you should have seen The Dark Knight by now. Yes. The, the math suggests that everyone on planet Earth has seen The Dark Knight. I guess I'll do the synopsis. You guys want me to do the synopsis? Or you want to do a first impression? Just do it real quick. Batman has been Batman for a year now. He's got the mob on the run. So in their desperation, they turn to a new uh, player on the scene, the Joker. And he wages war against Batman, Lieutenant Gordon, and Harvey Dent in his attempt to prove that uh, madness is like gravity and that with a little push, all of us could, could be just as mad as he is. Um, and, and it's a game of cat and mouse in, in, in a truly spectacular, uh, action story. And in the end, the Joker's right. And, and while, uh, Jim Gordon ascends to commissioner and Batman, you know, becomes the dark Knight and the hero of Gotham, Harvey Dent does fall. The best of them, Gotham's white Knight, falls and becomes two face and, uh, becomes a psychotic killer at the end. And, uh, in order to to beat the Joker, Batman has to lie and take credit for Harvey's murders, so that the the city of Gotham will still have something to believe in. But uh, but in the end, the Joker is right, and, and he's able to take Gotham's hope away. O- only by deception is Batman able to to win in the end. It's that's it. I it's mean, a lot it, to take in. This, a a, this to, movie is all has a lot going on. Yeah, and it's you know Christopher Nolan once again masterfully crafts this like huge web of stories and arcs and just intertwines them together into like the perfect unraveling, you know? Yep. Yep. I was, I was the word I came up with this time on watching it was mesmerized. And, and you might remember from last week, I think Batman begins is my favorite Batman movie. I think it still is my favorite Batman movie, but 
this move this movie's long it's like two hours and 20 minutes or whatever and i i just was captivated the entire time i was captivated by the performances i was captivated by the visuals and the the action and i was still captivated by the story even though i knew where it was going uh it's just you know the joker grips you by the by the throat and doesn't let go for two hours so yeah I want to say this is like my second favorite Christopher Nolan movie, like overall in general with the prestige being first, but this one really does it. And it was a matter of like what, you know, not only great storytelling, but also the surprises, right? Like I went in not even thinking about Two-Face being Two-Face. So that shot was, you know, just like, man, how can he just hide this from all of us for so long? Mm. Um, And it was so well-crafted, like to to create this, uh, this universe where, it's stealing from the Batman lore, but it definitely is not part of it. Like it's, it's adding its own spin on all of those characters, which is great. I loved it. Emily. So for me, I, I might be the only one that has a differing opinion. I thought it was a good movie. It's not my favorite. Um, I think a lot of that weighs on the fact, um, and we'll get into this. Um, Heath Ledger's death, like kind of ruined it for me. I guess in a way mm. um, I, I, this wasn't the movie that I would want to see after his death. Like this is, a, this isn't what I envisioned his, like his swan his song, films. right? Huh? You didn't envision this being like his swan song film. Yes. And so I think that's kind of where I am with that. Um, and I'm, still a girly girl i'll still always remember him from like the 10 things i hate about you and that's what i remember him for um and this one it was much darker and i think it just it it hit me a little bit differently but i think the storytelling was really good um and i think i didn't like it because we didn't have enough killian murphy in it (laughs) yeah yeah so but overall I'm, I'm okay with it it's just I think it was kind of a it, it settled differently for me um, just I don't know why I took that death a little bit harder for for a celebrity that somebody I've never even met but I think it was just kind of unexpected when it happened it happened right before my birthday like the day before and it just it didn't set well at all so well, Sorry if it, to bring everybody down. Nah, if it makes you feel any better, though, at least it's not Raul Julia, who's who is the greatest Latin American actor, maybe one of the greatest actors of all time, whose swan song was Street Fighter. As, <laughs> yes. as Bison. But, but he made that movie for his kids. That, that was his it's, last... It's true, know, but, <laughs> but this guy's an Oscar-winning actor who went out fighting Jean-Claude Van Damme in Street Fighter. I know. But he's glad you could have done worse. I yeah, and I can't talk. I loved it. Uh yeah, I get I get that. Like Heath Ledger's death is like on it's inextricable from the legacy of this movie, right? Like this movie had a mystique about it before it even came out. And, you know, won an Oscar at a time where comic book movies were not taken seriously. And um I you know, that could be argued in part because of Heath Ledger's legacy. Uh Obviously, I, I think a lot of I think a lot of this movie's theatrical success is directly tied to Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger's death. I mean, well, that's a good point. Talk about that success yeah. for a second. You and I were chatting about it before the show, but uh, you got some numbers. Yeah, Anybody got numbers on me. This is this is this is the first um, billion dollar superhero movie. Um, 
It's like one one billion eighty million dollars or something like that. So yeah. it, it just it just passed the billion dollar mark. I think it cost like three hundred million to make or something like that. So the studio made three times their money back. But um, you know, it, there's too many arguments to be made if um, talking about the impact of Heath Ledger's death um, in in terms of the success of this movie. But um, I certainly think I certainly think his death probably. You know, just a wild guess. Probably added three hundred million to the box office. I mean, it I, added I think, something. I, I think. I think otherwise, there's no way this would have been a billion dollar movie. I mean, it, you're you have a point. The only other billion dollar superhero movies, there's there's not that many of them even to this day, and uh, it, it's really just Marvel doing it because Marvel keeps pumping out these movies that are connected, right? So, so you can get a billion dollar Avengers because you've got a bunch of fans of Thor and cap and Iron Man who like all show up. And then, yeah, Iron Man does a billion on his own. Sure. Or Spider-Man could probably do a billion on his own. Sure. But that's because they're part of like a 20 something movie series, right? So yeah. like you, you, you've been building up those fans all along. Those movies are like too big to fail now. Cause they're part of a thing. This is just Batman, just, just the dark Knight alone by himself as always carrying a billion dollar movie. It was, it was truly spectacular in, in its performance. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, and you also got to consider, I think this was, this movie came out in 2008, right? Yeah. So it was like, uh, the movie going experience was much different back then than, than it is now. Not, not everybody is going to see Batman, but a lot of people did. When you talk, when you talk to people who saw Avengers, it was literally like every single person on earth that went to go see Avengers because they wanted to be part of this like cultural phenomenon and they didn't want to miss out on, on this big movie that was wrapping up 21 films, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. This movie for some historical context, right? This is 2008. It's the year we, it it came out a month after the incredible Hulk, which came out a month after Iron Man and between like, say 2002 and 2008, we got like Ben Affleck's Daredevil and Thomas Jane's Punisher and Angley's Hulk and frankly Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. Right. So Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, I would argue, are like the outliers. I think those movies are still like beloved, but I, I guess I just sort of meant Hollywood was getting in this formula of like stamp a superhero on a on a mediocre script and hope for the best. Yeah. And then you've got like Spider-Man 1 and 2 that I still I think a lot of people still love you've got three, which I'm an apologist for, but you know, is, is weaker and you've got X-Men one and two after that, the, the early two thousands were like fantastic four and X-Men three. And like, frankly, a bunch of like forgettable. So, so movies, this movie like changed the game. This movie was like, nah, if you want to make a superhero movie now, it better be fucking great all on its own. It better be a great movie. And, um, it, I think it's a credit to Iron Man that Iron Man didn't get forgotten in all this because Iron Man uh, came out like two months before this. I think Iron Man is just a good movie on its own. But I think like, I I mean, you don't see Elektra or Catwoman anymore, like these like dog shit movies because the Dark Knight raised that fucking bar. You cannot get away with just putting a superhero in your movie anymore. Chris Nolan made us, you had to make it good. Yep. True story. Um, I, you know, one of the things as the comic book guy, I'm, I'm going into the movie theater, like anytime there's like something going wrong, I'm like, no, that's not how it's supposed to go. But the moment 
they gave us that first Joker uh, backstory. I was like, no, don't give me a Jack Napier story. That's not how this is supposed to go. Don't yeah. do that. And, you know, the twist that it is, is that he tells the same story with the same sincerity later on. And it just shows how demented that character was. Like, you, you kind of kind of just have these gems that this movie was going to be special in so many different ways. And, uh, you know, Heath Ledger's passing, uh, you know, really hit, impacted a lot of people. It, it was, but, you know, he left this movie with all of it. Um, and I'm really excited that, that he did because, uh, like, every, every Batman movie, when we hear the villain, we hate the person. And I remember there was a we hate Heath Ledger moment uh, way before when we found out he got casted as well. Um, but he killed it. He, he made it happen. And, you know, the 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 uh, Batmobile was the star of attention for a while. So Christopher Nolan was just doing the, you know, I'm going to do what I want kind of stuff. And it worked kind of also explains the Dark Knight Rises. But we'll talk about that when it gets there, because he was like definitely on his I do what I want kind of mode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when you make a billion dollar movie, I be I dare you to look look at my script and say something's wrong. Um, so it, it it has its ups and downs in that part, but it's also beautiful. Like I remember that IMAX opening. Um, mm. The Dark Knight really took it to the next level with that IMAX opening of the 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 robbery of the bank, and you could instantly see a different camera take over. And um, I was just mesmerized. I thought it was I thought it was a great way, and someone took this way too seriously, and I loved it. The visuals were awesome. I, there were a couple shots near, in particular, the Hong Kong uh, scene where Batman kidnaps Lao. I just yeah. thought, my God, was that gorgeous. The whole scene is in these deep, rich blues, and you've got this gigantic bat soaring over the skies of Hong Kong, and I just thought, like, holy shit. That was incredible. That was like a cinematic achievement by itself. Yeah. Yeah, and also... Like being, you know, some of us here are Chicagoans, seeing a lot of Chicago's landscape in the film as mm. as Gotham City was was great. You know, like I, I love seeing the shots of like Wacker Drive, the Batmobile driving down Wacker Drive and, yeah. you know, the the Joker driving his uh, semi truck through the city of downtown Chicago. Have they used Chicago before in the past? Yeah. So so Chicago was there was part of Chicago for Batman Begins, uh, in particular, a lot of stuff along the river, and they did do some stuff on Lower Wacker. A lot of Batman Begins takes place in the Narrows, which is all sets and CGI. Actually, like there are no like Narrows on the other side of the bridges, but they they did use Chicago a little bit, not like this. This movie showcased Chicago like I think maybe no film since maybe Ferris Bueller's day off. Right. Like since like the fugitive. Yeah. Right. I mean the first, so my wife watched this with me in the first hour of it, she was like, Oh, that's, that's uh Clark and Lake. That's uh Wacker and uh, Madison. That's like, and then at a certain point we're like, I can't even name anymore. You know, we saw Navy pier and I was like, that's Navy pier. And she's like, I, I stopped noticing a while ago. Like it's just Chicago now. Um, Chicago had some sick tax credits back in, in 2008. So it, it's the same year. Not that year, but that year, a couple movies came out that filmed here, like Transformers 3, Dark Knight, and the movie Wanted, all filmed here basically back to back to back. And when you're making a movie, your tax credits, it depends on the movie. I, I, I'm not sure how it works on the $100 million level, but like it can be a significant chunk of your budget, like 25 to 30% of your budget is the tax credit. Um, 
which you can actually sell to people who need the tax credit, right? So you can, you get a tax credit for a hundred million dollars, you sell it for $90 million and that's how you pay for, for most of the movie. So that was a really big deal. And then of course, Illinois and in its infinite fucking wisdom pulled that tax credit or defunded it or whatever. Cause it, it like re ups every six years. And, and at that point they were like, nah, it's not that important. And then no movie was filmed here, including dark Knight rises. They moved to, they moved to Pittsburgh. So, oh, like, wow. nice job, geniuses. Um, you know, I don't like to armchair quarterback people in their jobs, but there is, like, no government bureaucratic position that I think is, like, well-run. And it might be just their bureaucracy of it. But in any case, at that time, Chicago was hot, and this movie nailed it. So it was really cool to see. In fact, I went to the set to see it being filmed, and my brother and I got lost on the set. And stumbled upon a parking lot full of six bat pods before we knew what a bat pod was. And we looked wow. at this thing and we were like, what the hell is that? So it ended up really being worth the, the trip. You know, the, the, the only other thing we saw that was like kind of cool is like all of the LaSalle Street, which is where they flipped the truck. The whole street was shut down and lit up for the, for the shoot. And that was really uh, cool to see. We saw a Joker. I'm not going to pretend it was Heath Ledger because I don't know. It could have been a stunt double. But we saw somebody down the block in the purple suit and the green hair on the set. So, like, I I mean, probably him, but I don't I don't know and I'm not going to front. But, but that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, it was cool. It was a nice bonding moment for my brother and I. So. Nice. Yeah. The one thing that I... I enjoyed with this movie was the whole storyline it seemed like it was a huge social experiment like everywhere joker was always pulling something whether it was uh you know kill this person before this time or else we're gonna blow up a hospital or Mm. even the boat scene you know kill the kill that boat or sink that boat and you live or vice versa it just seemed like a huge social experiment to see how people would react and it shows like some of the mob mentality that does happen even when things aren't as what they seem. So do you think, uh, in real life, you think those boats wouldn't have blown up or do you think in real life people would have blown themselves up? <laughs> and, uh, I would say somebody, <laughs> somebody would probably pull the lever. You'll, you'll probably get two different answers asking in 2022 versus tw- versus 2008. Yeah. I'm blowing that shit up. I don't know what y'all fucking talking about. <laughs> Yeah, in 2022, we won't even wear, like, a fucking 97-cent mask to make sure, like, our neighbors don't die, like, let alone fucking not blow up a boat. Like, I won't even mildly inconvenience myself to save a life, let alone just flip a switch to blow them up. Fuck that. Before my man finished the sentence, my finger would have been like, boop, let's go. Like, what did you say? Huh? What does it do? Wait, this is for the other boat? Whoops. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Oh, you meant the other boat? I thought you meant this boat. I thought you were going that way. I thought you were going that way, so I pressed it. I pressed it. I was ready for you, man. Emily, so that's a really good point, but that's kind of what, like, my only hang-up with this movie is, and I still have that hang-up. It has not gone away. But as I as I rewatched it last night, I was like, no, this movie is as mesmerizing as like we remembered it. Like this movie really was just extra, like one of the best movies ever made. But it's again, not just because it's the best, a better movie, maybe doesn't make it my favorite. Right. And the reason it's not is because the social experiments to me, they do not add up to a coherent theme. I don't know what this movie is about, to be honest with you. Chaos and destruction. That's all the Joker was about. 
I guess. I mean, maybe, maybe it is that simple, but with, with considering it's Christopher Nolan, there's got to be something deeper with that. Yeah, something deeper, you would hope anyway, right? So, like, is, yeah. is, is the message that, like, the universe is a place of chaos and only people like Batman impose order upon it? Like, is that really the message of the movie? Because the, these movies, have, I, I argued that Batman Begins was not dark. I argued that it was quite hopeful. And now that yeah. we've seen the Batman, that's a dark movie. But ba- but Batman Begins, I argued, was actually quite hopeful. It was just realistic. This movie, same thing. I mean, it's a, it, it's a lot about hope. They're fighting for Gotham's soul. And yet, I think the Joker ends up being right. So what's what yeah. am I taking away from this movie in the end? What's the point? The joke is right. The, the joke is right. He fulfills the whole thing that, like we, we said earlier, that Batman's always the bad guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. we, we see that time and time again, like, Batman has this crazy concept of justice that doesn't exist. He's after and chasing something that does not exist. And Joker's coming out a couple of times saying we're the same dude. We're the same person. Like, it's the same chaos. You, you just don't get it because you're, you're, you're controlled by what? These rules? These, these bullshit rules? And the Joker's really trying to explain to him, just Batman, that, like, you can't control shit. And you can't make some oath when you're a kid that you want to hold now as an adult and not see that the world is chaos. He's destroying it. He's, he's completely destroying the, the factor. And, I, I, you know, it's, it's one thing for the Joker to, like, just be pure chaos. But the entire time he's teaching Batman this lesson is, like, this is bullshit, which decided at the end was why he took on the, 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 all the murders of Harvey Dent, you know, because he knew it was bullshit. It's all, it's all about this facade. It's all about this... This outside that the Joker clearly states to him is like that. This, this don't mean nothing. It, it, it nothing. Not not even the money that he burns in that pile, which he's also burning a dude on the top. If anyone noticed, like <laughs> yeah, he's uh, dead. <laughs> a joint. Like and like he's just saying none of this matters. Like it doesn't exist, and it's the exact same ideology just shown on a, on a black and white scale. To me, it kind of seems like it's a type A versus type B person. You know, the type A is the planner, wants to have everything in order, and that's definitely me. But then you have type B that kind of just goes with whatever happens. And it's hard for me as a type A to be like that, but then it's the type B always saying, well, you're wrong. It's, you can't you can't predict. You can't control everything. Mm. Um, it's, it's like that parent. It's like those twins that have an abusive parent. And one of them goes down the sinkhole of being just like their parent, and the other twin is like, I'm going to be better than that person. And they just like two different routes, but it's the same origin story. See, this is where I think like if the movie has a criticism of the joke, like a legit criticism of the Joker, this is it. Because the Joker's full of shit. He gives Harvey Dent this speech about how he's not a schemer. He has the most meticulous plans of anybody in the movie. Like... To the point where that's a criticism is that the movie's a stacked deck that the Joker could never possibly have planned the things that he plans. He, he would need knowledge that there's no way he could have. I don't really care for that. I don't mind the Joker being like a mastermind. I think more interestingly, he claims to not be type A. He claims to not be a schemer. He is abso-fucking-lutely a schemer in this movie. Yeah, well, he that's part of his manipulation, you know? Yeah. True. Yeah. It's to derail you, you know, derail you with what he says. He's a jokester. Exactly. (laughs) 
I mean, he's just as intelligent as Bruce, and he he presents it in a different way. Right. You know, he's one of those that like un like learns it so that he can look like he hasn't learned it at all the entire time. So. so, does the Joker really think the world's a place of chaos, or does the Joker think that like Batman is going to make the world a place of order, and that scares the Joker more than anything? So he has to upset that apple cart. Like he he's the he's the he returns to restore the balance. I mean, maybe the Joker is what happens when the League of Shadows doesn't do its job, right? <laughs> this is the first time in history the League of Shadows didn't cut this shit out, right? Every time a society reaches the pinnacle of its decadence, we return to restore the balance. They didn't do it this time. Maybe this is why. Maybe. Yeah, I love it. I I mean, yeah. Yeah, it is. He the Joker was around. He didn't come out until he saw Batman come out as a challenge and realized that Batman was the joke. Like he's the overall joke of this thing. And then Joker even makes a comment about him. He's like, once that comes out, you can't put that back in the bottle. Um, you know, we might as well get paid for it now. Might as well like show everyone else how ludicrous this shit is. Um, so but everything that the League of Shadows try to tell Bruce, Joker's like, nah, that shit don't work, son. Um, yeah. and that's like my favorite, like smack in the face overall is like that, that dramatics, the, the, the chaos, the control, the, you know, the stack deck is like, yeah, it's all stacked. You can be smart and do all these things, but what's the point? You, you have a end goal that won't be ever realized. That's another thing I wonder is sort of, um, does the Joker ever really want to kill Batman in this movie? I mean, in the middle of it, he flat out says, I don't want to kill you. He starts off by telling the mob, I'll kill Batman for you. So was that always a ruse? Like, was that bullshit from the start? Or does the Joker learn as this movie goes along? I don't mean to keep talking back and forth, but there's this beautiful story by Scott Snyder at the end called Death of the Family, where the Joker gives uh, explains that he's in love with Batman and that he wants Batman to finally say that he's in love with the Joker and that they're meant to be and that the Joker is so willingly to kill off all the Robins and all the Bat family just so that Bruce can realize that he's in love with the Joker and, and he's going to do him that favor he's going to do him that solid <laughs> all right and he's going to take off their faces he's going to put it away so that Bruce can always remember who they are but I'm going to have to kill them because you are distracted by our fucking love, my man. And I felt like that is exactly what uh, this movie was tapping into is that I don't want to kill you. Like, f fuck, what would I do? Like, that's like living the rest of existence with your soulmate being like somewhere else all the way through. Right. No, his soulmate's right in front of him. We met him. He knows his name. It's called Batman. I love you. Let me go kill some motherfuckers for you. I got you. It's probably that's probably word for word verbatim from the comic book too. Just like that, just like that, just like that. Just that's like why that. homie's on the show. <laughs> you know, like all that shit. You know what I mean? Hey, Scott. I mean, just in case, you know, Brown University stand up. But you know. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously listening because, as you know, we have literally billions of listeners. This is the most <laughs> yeah. listened to. This is the number one podcast in the history of podcasts. This is the number one media source of any format or genre. <laughs> ever consumed by mankind. Yep. God help them. I reached out to Scott Schneider once to be like, yo, that's a dope book, done. And I, he was like, I was like, Brown, stand up. And uh, he was like, where you work? And I was like, oh, ASC 20 in Providence, Rhode Island. And he's like, yeah, I went there once for a drum class to see if I could pick up ladies. And I was like, man, 
We all the same over there. We all the same. <laughs> you know, funny thing, of all the people who do listen to this show, we actually did get recognized on Friday night for this show when we were out. We did. That was so random. What? That was so crazy. Yeah. We were in a restaurant so talking about Batman. Random. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. So we were walking out of the restaurant, and Omi, do you remember the guy that held the door for us? He was like with his girlfriend, maybe. Were you were you sober enough at that point, or no? No, no, no. I was already trying to hit on everybody and anything. So <laughs> okay, so we're walking out. We're walking out of the restaurant. I think I caught you humping the spare girlfriend. tire on somebody's car. Yeah, we got to second base with Carmelo. Malone. Like I was ready to go. <laughs> Sorry, Jason, go on. (laughs) No, we're walking out of the restaurant, and this guy holds the door for us, and he's with his girlfriend. And we walk past him, and we're just like, thanks, whatever. And then he starts walking along with us, and he goes, man, I wanted to jump into that conversation about Batman you guys were having. And I was like, yeah, you should have, whatever. And he's like, no, my girlfriend would have been so upset. And he's he's like, I wanted to jump in because I'm pretty sure I heard your podcast on Facebook. And I was like, yeah, we got a batman podcast and i was like yeah cult classic you should check it out and he's like i'm pretty sure i listened to that last week <laughs> oh that's great yeah, yeah. so big why? shout out hey my man whoever opened that door and said that Carm will pick up your tab at that <laughs> restaurant <laughs> the next time next the week. next eight times all right the next eight dates you have with your girlfriend carm's got it i i can't i have to i have to work now in the that's kitchen of that restaurant to pay off the bill you made me pick up the other night Oh man! Yeah. Hey, it was a, it was an expense. Like it was a business. <laughs> it was an expense. It was an expense. Yeah, that's tax deductible. That's your tax credit. Yeah, I mean the show is a marketing expense. You're a client. Jason's a client. You know, it's all everyone's clients. Uh, yeah, Emily, I wish you'd been there, man. <laughs> we should have fucking texted no. Emily. We really should have brought her into this. I know. I would. I would have paid for your Amtrak. Yeah, what are we yeah, going to do? I would, I would not have put you on a plane. I'm they sorry. They have trains in Oklahoma? What? <laughs> yeah, they do. I uh, don't want to offend the millions of people in Oklahoma who listen to this podcast, so that was just a joke. Uh, that was just a joke. Yeah. Somebody's going to write a letter, and they're going to they're gonna write a letter in via Pony Express. How and dare you? And they're going to send a Polaroid of their dick with it. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to send a Polaroid of a horse dick. This is my transportation. <laughs> Is everyone in Oklahoma Amish in your mind? Is that, or is just every white person Amish in your mind? <laughs> yeah, just every, every white person Amish to me. <laughs> every, every... Uh, oh. is it, isn't, your, isn't your name Jebediah Kamara? <laughs> <laughs> it's Ezekiel. Ezekiel Kamara. <laughs> isn't your wife churning butter in the other room? <laughs> Mennonite, his family was Mennonite. His mom made the best ice cream, and she did it. She churned the ice cream. Seriously, ice cream ever. Yeah. How'd you let that go? You gotta lock that down. Yeah. What's that number? You guys could have opened up an ice cream shop called Churn Down for what? (laughs) Just give me that. Yo, give me that number, yo. (laughs) Hey, so before we start running out of time, let's talk about some of the gripes of this movie. Oh. Oh. I was so annoyed that Rachel got recasted. I was kind of annoyed too. I was annoyed because I didn't care for uh, Katie Holmes in the first place. They either should have been Maggie Gyllenhaal both times, or as I said the last episode, Rachel Wise. She's from the same part of the world as the rest of them. They all 
Every single freaking person in this movie, except Aaron Eckhart, is English. And I guess maybe Heath Ledger. But if like, they would have killed Rachel Weiss in front of me, I would have cried. Like, that would not be good, that moment. Mm-hmm. If they got Rachel Weiss, they probably wouldn't have killed her off like they did Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, right. man. Right. Right? I mean, I, I ain't gonna lie. She held her own with that party scene. Like, I thought she did great with the Joker and that, that scene. Like, I, I couldn't see uh, whatever her name was, the ugly chick. Um, no, I think I think Maggie Gyllenhaal's infinitely more talented. No offense, Katie yes, Holmes. Yeah. She killed it. She killed it. She also I mean, killed- yeah, I, I can't disagree with that, but I just like continuity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I wish uh, Katie Holmes was back, but she instead picked up a film with Queen Latifah that flopped in the theaters. I'm sure Katie Holmes is kicking herself and her agent for not being in The Dark Knight. Everybody. I'm sure Katie Holmes is kicking herself for a bunch of other things as well. Yep. Oh. Yeah, yep. as as you might know, this is an anti Scientology podcast. I decided we decided just now. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. If we add on gripes, I do not like when uh, Batman becomes the Riddler at the end of this fucking movie and tries to explain what happened while he's running away. Uh, with the I'm not the you like or the one you need. I'm the one you deserve. I'm the one that hurts. Yeah. Like I'm like, what the fuck Ooh, are you? Talking? Yeah. I was like, rewind. Like, what? You got drunk. He's, got yeah, drunk. he's being poetic. Yeah, so that's what I'm talking about is like this movie was an action movie with like a little philosophy tacked on at the end that's weak and not consistent with the rest of the movie. And in Batman Begins is the opposite. Batman Begins like the action is incidental to like this moving character study. That's my that's my gripe with The Dark Knight, a movie that I otherwise love and find captivating. I think that the closest this movie gets to like a theme is when the boats don't blow themselves up and Batman says what were you trying to prove that deep down everyone's just as ugly as you? And I thought that was really, really great, but it's the only time in the whole fucking movie. Batman actually challenges the Joker. He punches a lot of people, but he never, he never presents an alternative worldview that is as believable as the Joker's worldview. You know what? I mean, okay. So there's something, there's something we're missing here because this is the only second superhero movie in the history of film that's been registered at the Library of Congress as culturally significant. The first one being Superman 1978. Yeah. So it's like they see something very, 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 that they, as in Library of Congress, they see something very, very important about this film and that they didn't see with like Spider-Man 2002 or, you know. But is it just that it was recognized by the Academy? Like, for whom I have almost no respect like is it just because they're recognized by the academy it couldn't have been that because i think spider-man won for like you know one of those little lesser things maybe like costume design or or, yeah yeah something like that and batman won i think batman you know batman won for heath ledger's best supporting actor um performance and then probably like han zimmer maybe walked away with it or yeah, I'm not sure which which awards it was won I mean, for. It's dope. Like, it, it, it but is, um, I mean, I mean, awards aside, the Library of Congress, you know, decided that this this needs to be a culturally culturally significant film. And all right, so what's signif- what significant? What do you think? What, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know what their parameters are. Yeah, I mean, what's culturally significant? I mean, here we are talking about it. You know, ten years, thirteen years later, whatever it is, like. It's been a bit, um, you know, is the movie meaningful or is the movie just like really well loved and known? You know, I mean, this movie is almost universally beloved, right? Like our gripes for this movie even here were limited. I didn't, we didn't hear Emily's. I mean, Emily, is it just the Heath Ledger thing or do you have any other 
Like any other things that make this not your favorite Batman movie? Well, I think, well, I, I might've been the only one to pick up on this, but I was waiting for Spawn to come out because Al Simmons was there. He was the mob boss guy, Michael J. White. I was like, wait a minute. That would've been an awesome tie in. He didn't use his chains at all. He just let the Joker kill him. It was terrible. And I was like, man, he would've kicked everybody's ass, but, um, no. Michael J. White, right? That's that character, that actor's name, Michael J. White? Yeah, yeah. I really like him and everything that he's in. He did a he did a throwback to a black exploitation movie uh, called Black Dynamite, which is like genius. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's by far genius. But that man also knows his shit. Like that man's a real fucking trained fighter too. Mm -hmm. so I was yep. excited that they got him for this role. I, I wish they used him more. Well, he's <laughs> great. He's in the too. yeah. He's in the Arrowverse. He plays Bronze Tiger, and and he's yeah. you get to see him fight there. He kicks ass. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he was always dealing with clowns from Spawn to this. So. <laughs> from Spawn to Heath Ledger. Like, Michael J. White hates clowns. <laughs> the Violator. Yeah. And then I did have one kind of interesting fact was the Lamborghini that they used, the Murcielago. Its bat? translation is Spanish for the bat. I thought that was kind of cool. Nice. Spanish or Italian? The car doesn't have a Spanish. It's Spanish. Really? It's well, it's Italian car, but the translation is in bat is bat in Spanish. Got it. The bat. Got it. That's pretty bad. Weird. That's Weird. Batmobile is going on. It's pimp. Uh I did hear that uh uh Reese in this movie, the M and A lawyer. You know, who I, as soon as I saw it, I felt self-loathing because this is the expression of an M&A lawyer like myself in a movie. But uh, I guess he's supposed to be sort of like a Riddler, right? Like Enigma is instead Mr. Reese, Mr. E, you know? So like that was intentional, I guess, but. It was. This supposed to be a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. 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 Smart. Did you guys notice the Spider-Man 3 poster when uh, Joker was walking on LaSalle? No way! Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a Spider-Man 3 poster on the bus on the bus stop. How they get away with that shit? I don't know. It's uh, there though. Oh man, I got to see that. What about Anthony Michael Hall being the news reporter guy? Oh yeah. My That's wife's comment to that was, "Why?" <laughs> so she saw him and she went, "Wait, why?" <laughs> I met him a couple years ago. He's super nice. But yeah. yes, he played a news reporter very uh uh, not stoic, but just, you know, wooden, like how sometimes you expect them to be. So yeah. Joker dies tonight. Joker dies tonight. <laughs> that was definitely a Knox throwback. He was rough. Knox. Yeah. You know what? That should have been the character's name. It should have been Knox. Yeah, they should have named him Knox for sure. Yeah. Uh, it was a throwback. Yeah. I mean, he did it in Batman Begins where he explains the suit, but in comic books, this you know, the costume, especially the back costume, it has so much flexibility. And, and, and when you're drawing the comic book, you don't have to worry about the cow moving. You don't have to worry about the cape moving. You don't have to worry about all this stuff. Now, we saw some, like, rudimentary things in Batman Begins that gave us, like, origin points. But this one, he really took it on to the next level. Um, you know, the, the ridiculousness of the Batmobile turning into the Batpod uh, was huge. And I think, you know, when we talk about the good things that are going on and why I would get uh, some awards is... I, it really took its time to to bring out the the character and the adjustments that it made because of the knowledge it has gotten over the year. You know, Bruce now has some things that he needed to get adjusted, but it's also his character's growth, right? Like 
I think uh, uh, Lucius grew uh, quite a bit as yeah, a character. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Alfred grew quite a bit in accepting it, but also like putting him in, in, in perspective. Like now he's more of a partner in this ludicrous idea of a bat, a man dressing up like a bat. Um, I'm going to tell them the whole thing was your idea. Yeah. <laughs> Those jokes were money, um, but I, I loved I loved that there was a lot of back and forth about like what is the principles of this stuff, how far is too far, and I think the Joker was allowing these these other characters, these moral characters, to have these conversations with Bruce, where we were kind of learning through them as the as the audience. Yeah, that's a really good point, and it's funny I, I didn't think of it until you said it, but remember two thousand eight. The movie, so the movie was made in 2007, right? We're coming off the the start of the the first half of the never-ending Iraq War. And remember, the, the U.S. Patriot Act had been passed not long before yeah. that. So this whole, like, liberty and security thing, specifically domestic spying, right? That was a huge part of the national conversation. So this movie took a stand on that with Lucius Fox, right? He became the face of that, like, I'll help you this one time, but this thing's got to go. Like, um... Which maybe is also their way of saying, like, yeah, we get it sometimes, but, like, if you make this the standard, like, if Batman just started hunting criminals with that thing every day, then they'd be worse off for it. I, I don't know, but it was it was very important to remember when this movie was made, because that was really intentional, right? So it was that, and then 2008 started Obama's administration, which the, the big talk for that was drone strikes, right? So, like... You, you know, going from one to the next, but the, the idea is still the same as like technology allows an intrusion into our lives that was otherwise impossible. Yeah. So like the more we talk about it, the more we figure that out. Yeah. Em, what you got? Yeah, you got notes. What You you take notes. What do you got for us? I know. She's taking notes over here. No, no I, I was just crossing out the one thing. One of the things I was. She's drawing dick out. butt. <laughs> it's my dick pick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, we should uh, we should auction off Emily's uh, doodling. Emily's doodling, yeah, I like that. That's good. Whoever gives us the best Polaroid gets uh, Emily's drawing. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. No, come on, come on. I'm sure your notes. Yeah, what? I, are you, yeah. I really, I didn't, I didn't take as many this time. Um, I did have written down like this movie had kind of like what can happen with the loss of love? Like you had one, you had two face or what's his name. I can't even remember. Um, Eckhart's character. Harvey Dent. Thank you. It was escaping my head. Um, He went down like the path of madness and then you had Batman. He just decided, fine, I'm just going to fight criminals for the rest of my life. Like it was just weird. So, but there that was just a weird triangle. It was a weird one. That's better than the notes I took. <laughs> oh, I, what did you do? I literally... I, I, I wrote down, this was a movie. Nicely done. I literally take like four or five pages of notes on the movies, and but this one I just couldn't get myself into, and I only got like two pages. So, so this love triangle does bother me, and I'll tell you why. I don't know if you remember this, but in the first movie, the DA before Harvey Dent... Like says to Rachel, like, I'm worried about you. And she kisses him on the cheek and she's like, we've been down that path already, implying that she dated her boss, the D.A. So this is the second boss D.A. that Rachel Dawes is nailing in these movies. Yeah, she has a type. What you trying to say? Why are you trying to slut shame her, yo? You don't. don't <laughs> work. Yo, why are you trying to go? 
I'm not yeah, trying to slut right. shame her. I'm just saying this movie's painting the picture of a woman who's. She's like, not only do I want to see you, but I want to see your resume at the same time. <laughs> Work like, romances are fun. Oh, yeah, is that yeah, so, listen, Jason? Next time I have to go on pick a partner, which I hope it will be never because I got her in lockdown, I'm going to have her read a book to me as part of the interview process. Like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing trying to slut shame this woman. All right? She likes DAs. What's How the many fuck? people in the room going to make her read you? How many people know. in the room have, have raised, dated a boss? How many people? Uh, I need to know what kind of. I need to know what kind of book this is. Yeah, something rough. A pop up. First off, we're gonna start with the Alchemist. We gotta do a Batman book just in case. And I want to see feeling in that motherfucker. Like, if you start stumbling on words like the and uh, I'm out. Like, I'm I'm just out. This is not. Oh, how many? How many? How many dates? If you're gonna make her read like six books, it's, it's just gonna be like. It's like a, it's like six episodes of the Reading Rainbow just to date you. Is she reading them out loud to you, or just yeah, yeah, like has out loud to me with okay. the characters? So it's well. not homework. Okay, got like, it. Like I want this to be real. Listen, if you got enough time to binge watch something on Netflix, you have enough time to read me lovingly a book that you care about that it is more than the Cat in the Hat. That's all I'm saying. Now Rachel <laughs> clearly wants you to read some NDAs. She wants that from you. You know, she wants some case files, you know, like, I don't, I don't get it. Throw, throw some, throw some like dramatic readings of your email in that motherfucker. I, and, I hope you meet a girl that, that obliges that request and she reads you Mein Kampf. <laughs> Mama, if you're hearing this, it's okay. Cause I won't have to worry about this anymore, girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Your guest bedroom in my house is still open on me. Yeah. <laughs> We're each other's backup plan. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Dude. All right. Well, <laughs> this took a dark turn. I didn't think of that, but I come from an HR recruiting background and I would say probably don't date your boss. I mean, there's, you can do that, but just be professional about it. I've seen some bad things happen and I've seen other things work out. So oh, I'm all for it. Work romances, go for it. You like it? You're, follow, you're pro. Follow your heart. You have work husbands and wives, I'm sure. Like if you're especially in office, you have people that come and visit you in your little cubicles or whatever. That's, no, that's your work husband. That's your for work context wife. though. For context though, okay. So I work in the medical field. I've been in it for 11 years, and it's it's frowned upon. But because in the medical field you share a lot of grief together, work romances absolutely happen. It's just like, it's sometimes so unavoidable. You guys, I like that shit. <laughs> I don't, uh, uh, I don't think I have a problem with following your heart. The problem is I think a lot of these work romances are when you follow your dick. And I'm pretty sure that's the path that leads straight to hell. Yeah. That causes a lot of problems. That leads straight to the unemployment line. Straight, yeah. Straight to, <laughs> straight to the sex offender registry. <laughs> I'd like to, at this point, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind Emily that since this is not a business and you are not our employee, we cannot technically sexually harass you. We we might be able to commit other crimes or or make you uncomfortable, but we can't legally. It's not like a quid pro quo thing or any of that going on here. You nasty. Leave her alone. I want Emily to sexually harass me. Is there a cult classic HR? Can I report this shit? I think Emily's our HR department. <laughs> I think our next podcast should be cult classic sexual harassment. It's just an hour. It's just an hour long of people just sexually harassing each other. 
HR is like the worst offenders too. It's so bad. Uh, yeah. Who watches the Watchmen, right? Yeah. Yes. Or the boys, something like that. All right. So before we get too crazy off track, should we start, should we start doing closing statements or <laughs> closing where are we at now? <laughs> Our closing statement is the, what did you watch segment? But I guess before we get to that, is there anything we didn't talk about with this movie that, that we want to address? Um, I mean, with this movie, I, I, Christopher Nolan was definitely flexing muscle. Um, I like that. Um, and you know, I really look forward to the dark Knight rises until the dark Knight rises came out. So oh, we'll we're going to fight that. about that next week. We're going to fight. We're about it. I love dark Knight rises. I love There's it. So there are holes in that plot that you could drive trucks through, but it doesn't like, matter. No, plot. I don't care about plot <laughs> holes. It doesn't matter. Oh, we're going to have fun. We're gonna have fun. You ever go to movies and get really excited about the movie, and like when you're seeing it, you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Then you go back home two hours later, you're like, "That movie was for shit." Yeah, that was X Men Three for me. It was like the first yeah. X Men movie that had some real mutant fights going on, and I was just like, "Yeah, finally, Iceman! Yeah, finally, the Beast!" And then I went home and was like, "That movie was fucking horrible. It was terrible." Yeah, that's how I felt about the Venom movies. Those Venom movies were bad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had a blast with them. I'd watch them again. They were not good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed them. They're not good. It's a good. They're good ones to drink to and just bullshit. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Maybe we won't cover those movies. Maybe we'll do one of those live commentary th- tracks with those movies. That might be fun. Yeah, that would be uh, fun. Like Spenguli style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it a couple times on Call Classic Horror. We're like the, we we do it live so people can participate, but then we would then release the live as a recorded podcast that you could watch along with the movie. Like all those one-offs too, that I'm sorry. I love blade. There's yeah. not been another one. So I would be totally down for that. And then I think, what is it? Morbius is dropping this weekend, right? Yeah. 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 I'm kind of curious how that one's going to work pan out, but I bet it's going to be like venom. I bet it's going to be kind of fun and it's going to be bad. I hope yeah. it's a train wreck. I hope it's a train wreck. It's got out. I mean, I'll be there. Like, I'll go see yeah, it this I'll weekend. Be there. But, yeah, um, that's a good. I, I don't know if we should talk about this live or if we should talk about it after. But like, Jason and I were talking about what should we do as a season two. I think we're all generally interested in a season two, from what I've heard. Um, and and I don't know. We could put like a poll out there, but there's a couple. There's no obvious tie-in the way there was for Batman, right? So I'm I'm kind of open to whatever. Hey, I want to put something on that plate. Like, we have played a game uh, at a party, you and I, Carm. I think this blockbuster game where we had to name superhero uh, movies. And I started going to the obscure ones. I would love to see an entire season where we do just the obscure superhero movies. Yeah, that's funny you say that. I was thinking about that, too. And I I thought maybe if we did, like... Like we could do like I love the eighties and just do all the obscure one offs from the eighties and then we could do I love the nineties as a season and do all the obscure one offs from the nineties and like maybe that's the way to organize do, it. Or we could do superhero movies that are all rated like under fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, the rotten season. That's not bad. That's actually kind of <laughs> not bad movies. I mean, I'm I'm making an argument for Swamp Thing. I wanna see that again. Oh yeah. Uh, the Toxic Crusaders. The I'm, toxic I'm all Avenger. about that. Yeah. I would put in the Garbage Pail Kids as part of that thing. That was a case. movie. That was. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a movie. Oh, I used yeah. to collect the cards. I thought it was just that pogs. Was um, the Last Dragon was a black exploitation movie that. That was great. In my yeah. heart, was, yeah. That's Leroy, a... 
Comic book Bruce movie? Leroy. Bruce Leroy. That's right. <laughs> bullets with his teeth. This is starting to turn into just this is the this is the only Gonzalez cult classic show, and it's whatever only Gonzalez <laughs> thinks is a cult classic. Yeah. He's gonna have his own. He's gonna have his own spinoff episode. Blade. <laughs> like, let's do Blade. Like, can we do Blade? Yes. Yeah. Please. Yeah, we can do that. I mean, I'm I'm open to. I guess we could just start doing them randomly. I, I sort of liked the seasons because it kept us like it. It keeps the commitment low. Like we finish the season, you can dip if you got to dip, or we don't have to do it right away. But like, I mean, I'm, if you guys want to keep going, I'll keep I'll keep going. No one's dipping. No one's dipping. Why are you trying to get rid of me? Yo? I'm not trying to get rid of you. I, I just like I want. We still to got like five more Batman movies to yeah, watch anyway. It's Stop true. I'm just I'm still getting over Rob O'Neill dumping me on the cult classic horror show, and so I'm trying to make sure, I, guys. Just you know, let's take no labels. You know what I mean? I just don't want any labels. Just take it like, easy. Uh, what? Like, don't gaslight me like that. Like don't do that. Don't gaslight me. <laughs> HR, can we talk about this? Yes. You can come to my office. The white guy's gaslighting me. The white do, you, guy. do you hear the way she said come to her office? She was, uh, I, know, right? I think that was an invitation. I was going to try to put my legs up on the table. <laughs> can I bring my hammer? Emily's going to share and stone you, Omi. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait till our, our little friend, uh, Freddie, sees this episode and comments on it. Yeah, yeah. I know how he said he never listened again, but you know he's going to criticize every episode. But you know, I hear him. I hear his footsteps. He's there. Oh yeah, he's he's lurking. In fact, I think I'm gonna give him the digital copy of, uh, give him the prize digital copy of Batman Returns or whatever it was I was giving away. It's like that with a with a Polaroid of something of mine. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know we'll do. We'll have him on as a guest next time. That's that's what we're gonna do. We'll have we'll have Freddie Torres come on as a guest. Uh, Let's before we get uh, much meaner. We are coming up on our hour. Let's do uh, what? What did you watch this week? Is our last segment. Omi, what you been watching? Oh shit! So someone put me on to this uh, anime called Erased. Uh, it's on Netflix. Mm. It is um, it is like uh, like NC seventeen joint about a young person that is able to like go back into the past and correct wrongs. But mm. one of them has been solving his murder, uh, his mom's murder. It's bugged out. Like I only got to see like episode four, and I was like, "Woo, fall back!" But it's it's mean. It's Damn. mean. Yeah, I appreciate that uh, that genre coming back hard. Nice. I'll check it out. Eraser. Yeah, that's not eraser. Is it called or erased? Erased. Erased. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. Damn. Emily, what you been watching? I actually watched three movies this weekend. Um, I finally got around, don't hate me, to the new Spider-Man movie. I did watch that. <laughs> I did watch that. Um, I did watch, I, I kept it with Tim Burton and watched The Dark Shadows. I haven't watched that movie yet, so I enjoyed that. The second half, I didn't really care for, but I really liked the beginning. Um, and then I decided to watch Halloween Kills, and I was so disappointed. So You hadn't seen it yet. No, I am not a Halloween. I'm not a Michael Myers person. I just didn't. This movie, man, the acting was so bad, and the story was bad. So yeah, bad. my um, wife hated it too. I I liked it a lot, but I we left that theater, and she just would not stop laying into that movie. I felt bad. I was like, oh, I feel like this date went wrong. She's like, no, no, no. But, I mean, it had it had Michael Anthony Hall in it again. He's Mob mentality. Joker like, dies I just, tonight. I couldn't get into it. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. It's not for everybody. Has anyone seen the alternate ending to it that came out? I didn't see the alternate ending. 
Nah, that, I, yeah. I, the movie was bad. That I don't, I don't care what the alternate ending right. is. Yeah. You can't, you can't change the ending to make the movie better. Anyway, you, you could give me nine alternate endings. Yeah, the movie still it is. What, yeah. is. what have you been watching? Jason? You just made nine bad movies now. Like you know, <laughs> nine different identical bad movies. Yeah. What have you been watching? Uh, I'm still watching Succession. Hmm. So I'm on season three now. Got just it. taking it like one episode at a time. Pretty good series on HBO. Nice. I'm uh, I'm still working my way through Shit's Creek and Game of Thrones on my my rewatch Game of Thrones, but I uh, I did just watch Halo, which came out last week. Oh yeah, and Paramount. How's and that? It was awesome. Oh man, I'm still fully erect after having watched it. It's been more than four it's hours. I had to call fire. my physician. Get your camera. <laughs> get your Polaroids ready. Polaroid, get my Polaroid ready. Yeah, yeah. That that show was. I mean. It's funny. Halo's like 20 years old now, but I never thought I'd see it. I never thought I'd see a live action Halo. So, well, that it is, it's based on the game. Yeah. See, I'm not a gamer, but I'm, I at least knew that, that name. Yeah. Halo, Halo basically springboarded Xbox into where it's at today. I mean, Halo one and Halo two and totally changed the landscape of online gaming forever. Yeah, I, I tried to explain to my wife how important Halo is to me. And I said to her, I went to an all-boys Catholic high school. She went to like a co-ed public school. And I said, all the time, I want you to think about all the time you spent in high school thinking about boys, going on dates, thinking about dating, talking about boys, all of that. Take all that. You're good about Halo. I played Halo during that time. <laughs> she goes, wow, you must be really good. <laughs> She's like, wow, that's why I took your virginity. <laughs> I saw his room when he was with his parents' house. It was all massive. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I saw him when he lost his virginity. I was going to be like, whoa. <laughs> Only filmed it for me, you know? All over the place. You put a blue light on, Master Chief over here, <laughs> Master Chief over there. It was Master Chief all over. Jeez. Mm, yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's yeah. all the time we have for today, kids. Uh <laughs> Tune in, same bat time, same bat channel next week on the Call Classic Comic Show. Yeah, don't forget to send all your love, hate, Polaroids to uh, Call Classic, P.O. Box 1, Lamont, Illinois, 60439. All right. And I don't, I don't need you master chiefing on these Polaroids either. <laughs> okay? Yeah, he doesn't want to you catch a Batman to, forever. You, yeah. You leave all the master chiefing to Carmelo. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. All right. right, Until next week. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Cult Classic Comic Show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That's what helps us reach new listeners and keep the show going. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Chimeras Comics or join our Facebook group at Chimeras Comics Community. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.